You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 484 of Podcateers. This week, Andrew goes down a star path. Rick Astley surprises us by not rolling us. Disneyland and other resorts name their new ambassador teams. A new product tries to fill the hole left in the Lorcana community. Rogers the Musical finds a home on Spotify. Rumors circulate that Drew Barrymore may have moved Strike Talks forward because the writer strike is over. And of course, we cap off the episode with our history segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, with some facts about 1999 and the year 2000. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join the community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, and more. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP, and as always, a super special thank you goes out to the fgp squad for their continued support so that is going to wrap it up for the intro if this is your first time hanging out with us welcome we hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more and of course if you've been hanging with us for a while welcome back friends here is episode 484 of podcateers What's, you say, what's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? <laughs> I thought that's what you said. Oh, you said it's good, not oh, what's good. It's okay. We're tired. Keep going. <laughs> Either one works. What's good? Either one works, I think. What is hey, good? Uh, did I understand you earlier when you said that you started playing Dreamlight Valley again? I, sh- I sure did. I've been playing it before I go to bed. Um, I opened it, dusted off the old file. Needed to do an upgrade, you know, update, opened it up, all kinds of friggin', uh, uh, what do you call it, night thorns all over the place. Fun. Um, nice. But yeah, I started playing. Those I was, come in handy, by the way. Well, that, I'll get to that later, I guess, because I was very annoyed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so I, you know, I started it up again because I wanted to... Really, mostly for the the Star Path, which has you know the some haunted mansion stuff, some Halloween stuff, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, all look pretty cool. I had to finish Penel- Penelope, Vanellope, and sorry, I've been watching Criminal Minds a lot lately, so Penelope came <laughs> came to know Vanellope <laughs> and uh, and Ma- Fairy Godmother. Um, I've got them finally both to ten, and then have been cranking away on the uh star path i welcomed bell and the beast but i've done nothing other than welcome them to the to the valley i did their you know little quests inside of the uh beast castle which is very cool i have to agree with you when you talked about it last time hazen it's 
it's big and cool. So I was I was a big mm-hmm. fan of that of the Beast Castle uh what do you call it realm, I guess. So, but yeah, so I started playing um I'm excited for whenever they bring back the Haunted Mansion skin for your house cuz it's not there right now. But yeah, the annoying thing was I don't know what's going on with those freaking uh, night thorns because you know, I had a bunch when I, you know, left it there. And then it's like, okay, collect 30 night thorns or whatever it is or ban- whatever it is. I'm like, okay, do it. Boom, 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 boom. And then it comes up again for the the thing. And then I have none. Ooh. And I go, okay. I, I, I got like 15. I'm like, okay, I'll wait a day. Let's see what happened. Two more show up. I'm like, okay. Wait a little, another day. None more show up. I'm oh. like, what is going on? So this is like the sticks yep. thing. Why are they only in the snow area? What is going on? That's where I kept finding yeah. them. So I don't know what's going on with that. They must have changed their spawn rate while the event's going on or something. Because I'm always mm-hmm. freaking flooded in them. And then as soon as that thing started, no, none. Yeah, it does feel like they spawn... Uh, at a at a lower rate whenever there's some kind of star path going on. Uh, so what I've learned, here's a pro tip for you that may start playing soon, is whenever a new star path is announced, the way that I approach it is for two weeks before the star path, I don't clear any night thorns at all. Mm-hmm. So I just let them build up for the two weeks until the event starts. And I only clear them when the star path calls for it. Like I don't do the dreamlight ones. I only do it for the star path ones. And that's how I make sure that I pretty much have all the ones that I need. But yeah, that's, I, I get you, man. I've been there before. That's, that's why I started doing it this way. And I'm sorry that I didn't mention it to you before uh, to not clear them all out, but there's a couple in there that are going to require night thorn clearing. Well, that's the thing. I didn't clear them all out. I only cleared them for the 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 star path ones, and I was already out. Oh my god! And gosh. I hadn't played in like a month, so I don't know if I have oh, too wow. much stuff down, and there's no room for them to spawn. I don't know what's going on, but it was very annoying. Interesting. I hope it's not a bug because right. uh, I haven't started playing on my first account yet. So the second game that I started, that one's pretty much done. At this point, I'm at the mercy of Scrooge selling me what I need to complete the collection of items and motifs. And the good thing is that there was an announcement from the developer saying that Scrooge's shop is finally going to also spawn items that you can find in bags. Mm. So if you're not getting the little bags from doing the digging, the mining, the fishing, and all that stuff that you randomly get or by like feeding the critters, you'll be able to buy the items from Scrooge. Nice. And at this point, I don't care where I get them. I got like 25 million pumpkin <laughs> coins yeah. that I need to burn on something. So Scrooge needs to start selling more stuff on a daily basis. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Has the little red dot always been there? No. I'm okay. glad you brought that up. That was, I don't My remember when it was thing. added. Yeah, I don't remember when it was added, but that red dot is a lifesaver. So now, Mel, when you go to buy something in Scrooge's shop, uh-huh. if you don't own it, there's a little red dot in the upper right-hand corner of what the price of the item. Oh. So you don't end up with like, Doubles. 45 of the same crappy bed 
Yeah. You know, that <laughs> you can't remember whether or not you bought it or the Did same. Did I buy like, this square black fixture. end table? Do you know yes. how much trouble it has been having to not buy it, go through your stuff, and then double check if you haven't? It's like, it's a lot of work. So Now there's a yay. dot. That, that's going to help. Yeah. Quality of life uh, enhancements like that just make <laughs> the experience of playing way better. It doesn't feel like it. And people are like, it's just a red dot. No. Mel speaks the truth on this one. It is a pain. And then there's no efficient way of sorting or alphabetizing no. the items that you own. So mm -hmm. you may have to go through like 2,000 items to figure out if you had something or not. And then if you accidentally missed it, and then later on you're placing it, you're like, oh, I already had seven of these. Mm -hmm. You know, so trust me, the dot, huge quality of life improvement. Yes. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad that you finally started playing again. Uh, Mel, mm -hmm. I'm I'm getting a little nervous. I know that you've been re really busy creating all the stuff for the event that you're going to be a part of. But I'm starting to get a little nervous that you're going to miss out on the mansion stuff. So you got to hire somebody to play for you. I know. You got to, <laughs> you know, put somebody to play on that or hire people to help you paint or something. I don't know. But that we got to get you those mansion-y items. I don't uh, have. I don't know. Get an intern. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get an intern. <laughs> for free, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you one of the kids. They'll help you. Oh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> they mean well. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I started playing a different game. It's been difficult for me to enjoy playing because... Uh, well, the point is, I've. it's been difficult for me to play. <laughs> so... Uh, I've limited my time to the 30 minutes of Dreamlight Valley for the most part. Um, when I've been able to play a little bit more, uh, I jumped into playing Spider-Man, oh. the first Spider-Man from the PS4. Mm. And on days that I'm able to play, I have to tell you, I am enjoying this game so much as much if not more than I enjoyed Hogwarts Legacy. The mechanics are very similar. They have like the same little question marks above their head that like, you know, raise up if they like find you and stuff or the combos and the way that you bring up certain tech and everything that you use is very similar to the mechanics in Hogwarts Legacy. The hardest thing that I've realized playing the game is understanding how to swing and how to go from building to building uh, because it's not that's probably the least intuitive part but once you kind of get it it's easy to fly around the city and and swing from place to place i finally unlocked the iron spider suit Ooh. and i unlocked the ability to have like the the big legs come out of the back of the suit like they do in the film and one of the achievements that I got, I didn't even know it was an achievement. I, I was swinging through the city mm -hmm. and I was like trying to do one of the side quests. And at the distance is Avengers Tower. Oh, nice. And I freak out <laughs> because it's Avengers freaking tower, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, my damn. Oh, I have to go to that. And so I stand across like another building and I took like 40 pictures because <laughs> it just like 
I mean, it's Avengers Tower and it's Spidey, right? Right. And before I had before I had the Iron Spider suit, I had a couple of other suits that he's used in like Homecoming and No Way Home and all that stuff. And so I took a bunch of pictures and a bunch of the different suits. And then I decided that I wanted to head up to the very top of Avengers Tower because it's one of the tallest buildings on the map. Mm -hmm. And I perched at the very top on one of the lights and I got an achievement. Apparently, it was one of the things that earns you an achievement, just perching off Avengers Tower. Nice. Uh, But man, I got the remastered version of the game and they added a few DLCs. They like enhanced it so that it had the same mechanics as miles morales which is one of the other games that was available for free and uh, i was i was gonna skip the first one because i thought ah you know it's it's an old game already and the only thing that brought it on was the fact that i wanted to play miles my son played it and he was like dad it is so fun like you have to play miles and i thought all right but then i knew that there was a story tied to miles from the first spider-man and I already knew that I was pre-ordering Spider-Man 2, which is coming out next month. Mm. And I thought, all right, I'm going to have to figure out if I can get like a used copy of this on eBay or something, right? I get the disc and then like, it's good to go. And some people were like selling the disc for like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. And some of them didn't even have the code to get the additional DLC. So I wasn't even going to get it as part of buying the disc on eBay. And then I got it. I'm telling you, like, it's scary how the apps know when you're looking for something. Because the very next morning after searching for the disc on eBay, I got an alert from Sony saying, hey, by the way, Spider-Man Remastered is on sale for uh, 30 bucks. You want to buy it? Nice. And it comes with all the DLCs and it comes with all this other stuff. I was like, no, because I want a physical disc. And mm-hmm. then I couldn't find a cheaper physical disc. And then I finally just bought the digital <laughs> i gave into it and i do not regret it i it is so fun i haven't advanced as much as i would have wanted to because i'm like i said i'm not playing as much as i would want right now but it is so fun i will say that if you are afraid of heights and if you have any fear of falling or if those motions tend to make you feel sick in any way this game will be nauseating for you to play because there are portions, especially like when you're diving off of Avengers tower, there's no other buildings around for you to shoot a web to. So like you can swing or like grasp onto or anything. So you're essentially free falling for the equivalent of like five, 600 feet in the (laughs) game before he finally shoots a web and it picks up speed like it oh, wow. it's like you look like you're going to hit the ground jumping off of these buildings so if in any way you have a fear of falling or heights or anything Spider-Man is not the game for you i will tell you right now it is just play something else play dreamlight valley or checkers i don't know but <laughs> spider-man will not be something you enjoy other than that it's a great game i love it so far so This is totally not Disney, Marvel, or anything related, but I want your comments on this video uh, that we watched, primarily because, you know, we enjoy a good Rick roll now and then, right? Right. But what happens when Rick Astley doesn't Rick roll you, but instead sings one of the most, I would say it's one of the most iconic songs that plenty of people know, Everlong. Yeah. 
um, when we saw this, we were just like, oh, look, it's him. And like you had mentioned, yeah, we were waiting for the Rickroll because that's kind of his thing and what he's known for. But when he started playing like the first few seconds of Everlon, it's like, whoa, he's got the 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 momentum, the the beat, the music. I mean, not like we were doubting him, but if you're a fan of, you know, of the song, but also Foo Fighters, you know how they play it. And he was rocking out really well. Like I was like pretty much rocking along with him and he did great to everyone who saw him gosh you guys are lucky because <laughs> that's pretty epic yeah. <laughs> i think so yeah it's funny too because right before he starts singing he's like i'm about to butcher this song yeah or something like that and i guess i'm gonna screw this up or it's something like, like that sir you can't do anything wrong you're just keep going <laughs> yeah, I mean, he also like hires, you know, he has good musicians in his band too. Like the, you know, the drummers and the guitarists and everything, keyboard players. Like everybody else is like top-notch musicians too. Even if like for some reason he was horrible, which it doesn't seem to be. Like everybody he surrounded himself with are also like at the top of their game playing, you know, other than the vocals, like it sounded pretty like close to like album as you're going to get for a live performance. So it was, it was very good and adding like the backup yeah. singers and stuff like that was like a little, you know, touch that was nice and, you know, give it like a little, little bit different, but still in the, like right in there, the same kind of idea. When I first heard it, I couldn't believe, you know, that it wasn't anything I'm already familiar with Rick Astley singing, but he did such a great job. I'm like, I'm going to share the video over on Discord if you're curious and you're a Foo Fighters or an Everlong fan in general. But uh, if you were a, a fan of music in the 90s and 2000s, Everlong played a, a huge role in your musical development, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's a really great interpretation. But uh, let's see. What do we got for today? Oh, hey, Disneyland Ambassadors were just announced for multiple parks. So the Disney Ambassador program, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it was a program started way back in the early 60s, 1964, I believe, as Disney was celebrating its 10 -cennial. And Walt was kind of all over the place. Like he was doing interviews and he was like just the man of the hour everywhere, right? So he couldn't be everywhere at once. And so the idea to create somebody in a position that could kind of represent Walt and represent the park came up. And the very first ambassador was selected and it was Julie Ream. Uh, usually ambassadors serve a two-year term right it's like every couple of years they select mm -hmm. uh, yeah. a new uh, a new uh, pair uh i believe that the only the only pair that got an opportunity to serve an additional year and that was because of what was happening with the pandemic a few years ago were uh the ambassadors that were right before the ones that are getting replaced. So Justin and Rafa, the the ambassadors for Disneyland, uh, got an opportunity to serve an additional year, I believe, as part of their tenure. 
Uh, so right after them, we got Mark Everett King Jr. and Natalie Guzman. And uh, they've been serving as the ambassadors for the 22-23 years. And so now we're crowning the 24-25 ambassadors. They're going to take over in a few months. Uh, the new ambassadors for Disneyland are Jada Young and Raul Aquino Rojas, I believe. So congratulations to both of them. I like the Disneyland ambassadors. They represent a lot of the goodness of the park that, you know, it was, it's a tradition that, you know, I don't think they ever saw the, the Disneyland ambassador program turning into this huge worldwide movement at all of the Disney parks. Yeah, it's it's very cool. And a lot of the other uh, parks and resorts have announced their ambassadors, too. I think we've got four other ones. Uh, Walt Disney World has announced their ambassadors. Um, they are Serena Arvizu and Shannon Smith yes. Conrad uh, for Walt Disney World Resort. Um, also, uh, Disneyland Paris has announced theirs. Uh, uh, their names are... I'm hoping it's Jose. It's French, but it looks like Jose to me. Alfaro and Dylan Lagrasse for their uh, 24-25 ambassador team. Tokyo Disney Resort also announced theirs. Uh, their ambassadors are Daisuke Shibata and Nadoka Makata. I hope. I don't know. Kata, I'm very I believe, yeah. yeah. I'm very bad at this, so uh <laughs> I, I tried, think you did folks. fantastic. Pretty close. And I then also yeah. yeah. Uh I know uh, Shanghai and uh Hong Kong will be announcing theirs soon. I think probably in the next couple of days. They just haven't done it yet. And then Aulani uh in Hawaii has announced uh their new ambassador as well. Dylan Rogers um is taking over um the Aulani uh, ambassadorship. Uh, so yeah, lot, lots of new folks coming in for the 24, 25 year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if you don't follow the ambassador programs on Instagram, you should, they always have a lot of fun stuff on there. Um, especially the, I follow the Disneyland one specifically. And I think I follow the Disneyland parish, but I should follow all of them. <laughs> yeah. I know for a fact, I follow Disneyland and Walt Disney world's ambassadors. Um, and I think on the on the Podcateers account, we follow Paris and Shanghai. Like we follow pretty much mm -hmm. all of them. Um, but on my personal account, I think I follow Disneyland and Walt Disney World. They have some fun stuff that they do. Mm. So it's always fun to to see the pictures and the videos of the stuff that they get to do and the people they get to connect with and and the events that they've run. So uh, I've I've shared in the past, you know, why the Disney Ambassador Program is so special to me. So. That's in a previous episode. I won't get into it again because, you know, I get all emotional and stuff talking about it. But I love the <laughs> Disneyland ambassadors. I'll leave it at that yeah. <laughs> for now. For um, I would recommend because um, watching the video that they posted about what, three, four hours ago. Um, I would recommend watching the whole thing. Yes, it's a little long, but I really appreciate it that in the audience before they announced who was going to be the next ambassadors, they had ambassadors going back to, I want to say the last one that was there like representing was the sixties, which was yeah. really, really awesome. So if you love like the history of that, I'd say it's a good watch. Like 
take a moment and do that and just check it out. Yeah, that was a surprising, surprisingly good panel that Hazen and I went to at D23, the the ambassador panel. I wasn't really, don't know what I was expecting for that, but that one ended up being like one of the highlight panels, I think, for for me at least. Nice. For D23 is very cool. Just the history of it and everybody was there and you got a piece of a tree. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's we right. Get the tree. Yeah. We got a piece of a tree. <laughs> We got a piece of a tree. Yeah, I, you know, I'm with you on that one. Uh, when you told me that you were going to go stand in line to I see this. To. Well, because uh, I wanted the piece of the tree. That was why I was, I was yeah. like, there's this that, thing, panel, and they're giving you a piece of a tree. And I'm very, like, interested in this piece of a tree. It's history. <laughs> that's, why I, yeah. that's why I stood in line. <laughs> that was the thing, right? Like, the, the piece of the tree was what brought you in, but... You're right. Like it was one of the most interesting panels that I that we got an opportunity to see at D23. So, you know, don't don't judge a panel by its name or by its tree giveaway. Yeah. Uh, no, judge it know, by the tree giveaways. Know. Like if they're giving away something, <laughs> go to that one. That's that's what I'm all about, giving away stuff. Cuz they always like the ones that they give away stuff are always like all right, here's the parks one, and you get Portillos or whatever, or Porto. What is it? No, it's Portos, not Portillos. That's a hot dog place, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it's Portos. Is. Here's some a uh, cheesy thing or whatever, uh, and uh, here's a Funko Popper. I don't know what they're giving away. Uh, and then like the movie one, like here's posters and stuff, and then all the other panels they never give you anything. So this was a surprising like smaller panel where they gave you a thing and i like a thing <laughs> i put my piece of tree away and i have to go back and look at what tree it came from i could tell you from uh, i think I know if that... I, i'm gonna let's see i'm gonna do the i have my piece of tree right here i'm gonna hold well, up to the my... thousand uh -huh. pieces i uh -huh. i don't think they were all from the same tree Oh, I thought. Well, I think mine. Only, only, only. I'm gonna do the the Johnny Carson. I'm holding up my head. I think it's it's from Goofy's Playhouse, uh, or whatever. Uh, Goofy's Playhouse, Mickey's Toontown, nine hundred and fifty three of a thousand. Okay. California Maybe Pepper Tree, Shinnis Molly, copyright Disney, and then a big D twenty three thing. You know what? Mine is probably going to, if they were sequential, uh -huh. mine is probably going to be the same because I think our numbers were just a they few pretty, away from each other. They were pretty right? close. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with that one until I find it and verify. I'm going to go with that answer for my Unless you want to spend lots of money, you can go on, um, go to the uh, Disney Gallery at Disneyland and buy a giant, like, piece of a pirates of the caribbean tree for like multiple thousand dollars uh in there yeah. which is bananas mm -hmm. let's see i wonder if they have any of these on ebay <laughs> probably mm -hmm. i'm sure they do didn't they do like a carving uh from the tree to look like the pirates plaque yeah that's the one that you can buy at the disney gallery for like at the gallery dollars. right yeah yeah wow oh, what is this I when mean... did this come out hold on now i'm hold on i got excited because i saw a thing uh-oh are we back on Shop Disney? Did we... No, I'm on eBay. <laughs> oh, no. Get D23, away from the lights. D23 Smoke Tree Ranch Pin LE500 with Carter Vault Disney. I've been wanting one of these. But Wait, it's what? 
49.90. I've always wanted a smoke tree ranch pin. And I never I look them up on eBay every once in a while. And this came up <gasps> when I looked when I looked up D23 Goofy Tree. <laughs> I got excited because there's stuff on here. I looked up D23 piece of tree and nothing came up. So nobody's selling any Disneyland tree. Oh, now I'm getting a Christmas tree. Uh oh. There's a juju of the Swiss Family Robinson thing from D23 a while ago. Nothing exciting. No. Oh. Aha! Disneyland D23 exclusive wood tree medallion. Oh, this one is from. You found it. Yeah, this one is from Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. Yeah, so see, maybe some, I, I don't think they were all from the so same So maybe tree. some of them were different. Let's see, what number was this one? Does it tell me what number this one is of the thing? It's hard to zoom in. I can't read. Ah, that zoom doesn't work on eBay. Anyway, I found a piece of tree. Apparently, this How is worth is 500 bucks. Oh. Well, that's what, what somebody's asking for anyway. I wonder how many have sold on eBay. Two for a thousand dollars. Somebody's asking. Oh, there's someone here from Autopia. Yeah, that one's the like a cool shape one. Nine twenty-four yeah. of a thousand. I would rather have an Autopia one. Well, I don't know. I like the one I have, but that one's shaped <laughs> cool. Seven hundred and fifty bucks. Planet possible. Yeah, see, this one's this one's nine hundred twenty-four of a thousand. So there must have been like five or six different trees, maybe that they pulled them from. Well, no, because this one is also Autopia, and it's number eighty-two of a thousand. Oh, that's and, weird. Unless they had two Autopia trees, maybe. Anyway, oh, maybe. this is <laughs> real boring. Talking yeah. about <laughs> pieces of pieces wood. of tree for sale. <laughs> but hey, eBay. if you if you want a piece of a tree, they're going for about five hundred bucks a piece, apparently. Oh, I should hold on. Let me see. Has any uh show sold items? I Let's mean, see. Search. You I'm, never know. Someone may be one looking sold for, for this. Uh two hundred dollars. Oh, this one was at Pirates of the Caribbean, number eight twenty seven of a thousand. And it sold, sold for two fifty? Two hundred. Oh. Mm. But that's Pirates of the Caribbean. That's pretty good. That's the only yeah, one that's sold. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, because it's a, I mean, if you're a collector, it's a much more reasonable price than the $500 ones. And like you said, Pirates is a much more desirable Prestigious attraction. Prestigious ride attraction than. Yeah. But now, uh, Smoke Tree Ranch, I'm going to get back to that uh, at another yeah. time. I got to have to do first. Add the watch list on that one. 22. Oh, here's one for $22. Maybe I'll just have to get this. Send this to my wife. I want it for Christmas. Christmas. You got to get some Christmas shopping done early. You know what? I I will send it to you so you can send to your wife for my Christmas gift too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hazen says he wants this. Please. <laughs> uh, you know what? Speaking of purchases, I have to show it to you, but it's an item by someone that goes by dysfunctional pass holder uh, on social media. And you know that for, I'm at this point, it's months, but you know that I've been uh, after Lorcana cards, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I know what I this is. I haven't been able to find them. They've been super difficult. Uh, we have friends on the East Coast that are now actively trying to search for them for us and 
have offered to you know let me know and you know purchase them when they become available and stuff um but i came across this on social media i started laughing when i saw it because remember about a year or so ago when the figment popcorn bucket dropped and people wanted like up to a thousand dollars or something and they were spending like crazy amounts of money for scalpers it wasn't even like a team boat willy auction that was going to help the kids Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you remember what sold on eBay for a higher price than the actual bucket? That that real bad drawing of of Figment. We talked about it. The drawing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. The drawing of Figment. Okay. So, I've been searching for Lorcana cards. I haven't been able to find them, but along comes this dysfunctional pass holder. And what do they have available? Lorcanos cards. Nice. <laughs> they drew Lorcana cards in this like it, it looks I I mean I don't know the style looks like a child drew all of these. It looks images, like it was right? used and on so they're paint. producing. Yeah. It it they're like really simple drawings, but like they spelled Pumba P O O M B U H Pumba. Uh, Maleficent they called they called her Green Dragon. Mickey Mouse is like also, you know, a, a unique spelling and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, they make these at home. And I just thought they were look at the, the Mimki Mouse dragon, <laughs> dragon lady for Maleficent. <laughs> mouse experiment M-O-W-S-E. guy. They're derpy. Yeah, I love it. Experiment guy for Stitch. <laughs> yeah. And I saw these. I was like, oh my, ha- I have to buy some of these. Like, I, mm-hmm. so apparently they were sold out. And this weekend I got an alert because I signed up for their alerts. I got an alert that they were going to have some of these little booster packs on sale. You know, obviously this is something you could make at home, but they just, I mean, they made them. They already have them in packs and everything. And so Mm -hmm. I bought a couple and I'm waiting for them to ship out and I'm waiting to receive them. But uh, yeah, I was pretty excited when I saw these were available again and I thought you guys would get a kick out of them. So I will let you know when I get them. I may not have actual Lorcana cards, but now I have Lorcanos booster packs coming my way. <laughs> and there's like ten packs and or ten cards in each pack, so uh, I thought it was it was pretty fun. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I think this is a great idea. This is the stuff we want. Yeah, silly fun stuff. All yeah. cool. Hey, uh, what was this called? Disgruntled pass holder? What were they called? Dysfunctional pass holder. Oh, dysfunctional. I'm the disgruntled pass holder. (laughs) Dysfunctional pass holder. Uh, I know the feeling. (laughs) If if you ever want to come on the show... Uh, if you're, if you listen or if anybody knows this, this, these people, whoever makes these, I don't know who does, but Hey, come, you want to come on the show? I'm going to put the offer out there. We'll talk to you yeah. if you want to talk about all your fun stuff. Cause I'm sure, th- do they make other, other things, Hazen? Does they have like other fun things? Well, the website has like these cases that they put together. They don't make cards for other products. They just kind of make like display cases and stuff for ah, everything else. Well, that as far that, as what I was able to see on their Instagram, do they have? Because that says Geek Stop. That doesn't say. It looks like this is just like the like the storefront that they have. Derpy. Uh, nope, that's their whole thing. Apparently, Derpy collectible Lorcanos cards. 
Well, I'm a fan because Derpy rules. <laughs> yeah, so I think the cases are kind of what they make, at least with this the the website where I found them to purchase them like yeah, that's no, where they looks like... they primarily these make their are money cool, right but though. like have you looked at these cases though yeah they're really nice they have the art like continue on past the card so they like the card sits so the art looks bigger it's really cool hey people that are making this good idea I like this Winnie the Pooh Wizard Pooh Derpy Play Mat yeah, those are the mats that I was telling you that they had on Shop Disney with like Maui and Maleficent oh. and the Steamboat Willie one. So uh, like most people will play with the mat in front of them. Uh, and so they have the Derpy Poo uh, <laughs> mat that they created. <laughs> That's so. funny. This is good stuff. Good stuff. This is the stuff we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll post a couple of images over on Discord if you're interested, along with the link of where I purchased them. Uh, it looks like they are currently out of stock again. Uh, they're not Ooh. showing up as able to purchase, but you can sign up for the alerts that they have, and they they send out messages like you'll know that a restock is happening. Not so, like the bicycle uh, website. No, they don't even <laughs> get me started. Because as of today, they still haven't said anything about the Disney 100 foil cards. But <laughs> I did buy the ones on eBay, so I'm just waiting for those to get to my collector hands. So I'm looking forward to those. But anywho. Did anybody see that not scary farm thing? Did you see that? Their little dig at Disneyland? Ooh, so appar- oh, with the dragon? Yeah. Yeah. Explain what the. <laughs> so <laughs> I've only seen like a little small clip of it without audio. I've been meaning to watch it, but they have some sh- sort of show at Not Scary Farm, kind of probably like a funny, scary oh. show, whatever. I think this was it was like opened up by like somebody portraying uh, who does who does the thing at the AMC theaters. That's like, hello, welcome to AMC. I'm Nicole Kidman, I think, isn't Nicole, Nicole Kidman? Kidman. Yeah. Right? They had somebody yeah. like portray Nicole Kidman to start out the thing. And then anyway, the show happens, whatever. I don't know what happens to the show. But then at some point, like this dragon head that looks eerily like uh, Maleficent from Fantasmic, like tilts up from the side of the stage and then bursts into flames. <laughs> and their yeah. little Aww. dig at Disneyland. It was It was pretty silly. Yeah, yeah, you know it's what? part of the show that they call the Hanging Uncancelled. Yeah, where they do like I guess you would say like recent events or pop culture or things that happened. I forgot about yeah, that show. Like, like pot and potty humor and, yeah. and things not minivan friendly. Oh, yeah. No, not minivan friendly. Nope. Yeah, it was pretty surprising when I first saw the videos. I thought this can't be actually a nuts because at first I saw a photo. And then I saw like a little video clip and I thought this uh-huh. can't be like legit, right? Somebody has to be doing this in their backyard or something. Nope. Somebody else posted a video from farther back where they show the beginning of the Knots show and then the dragon on fire. And I thought, oh, wow, that is uh, that's uh, shots fired by Knots. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I, I think it's all in good fun. I think it's funny. It's like they took a page out of Wendy's uh, social media. <laughs> oh, man. The Wendy's social media account is br- 
brutal sometimes. It's yep. funny going through them. And you know what's even funnier that we talked in you know last episode or a couple episodes ago about how uh, you know, we're seeing so much good stuff coming from other parks and, you know, with the opening of Epic Universe, there's prob- prob- like probably going to be some really cool stuff coming because former Disney Imagineers are going on to these other parks to do projects for them. Uh, there's a part of me that wonders if an like a former Imagineer was like, you know, it'd be funny to make fun of in this show. Let's throw this in. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it at all. And it's all in good fun. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Uh, so, yeah. The Lorcanos cards. Uh, like I said, I'll throw up the link. I'll throw up a couple pictures over on Discord if you're interested. I thought they were pretty funny looking. And uh, I'm I'm so psyched to get them. I can't even tell you how psyched I am about it. Um, Let's see. Uh, I want to talk about some strike stuff before we begin to wind down the episode. But before we do... Uh, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast for your godparents, because it is their support via Patreon that help make these episodes happen. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, head on over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. There you'll find a list of some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, a little bit about the FGP Squad. But being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks, like additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, discount codes for new Podcasters gear, random giveaways. Um, A lot of the giveaways are things that I like I buy to test when we're testing out a new service or like a new product and I'm like checking out what it is. So I will tell you that a lot of the things that I end up giving away are one of a kind items that we'll probably never make again. So you may end up with some like unique podcasteer swag that no one else will have. So I just want to throw that. Not even us. Right. Yeah. Not even (laughs) us because I'll usually order like one or two of them. So so yeah, if you're interested, again, podcasters.com slash FGP is where you'll find that information. But of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little strike stuff because there's some good news coming from the strike front, some interesting news and some really hopeful news that I think is great for all of us that like to talk about the movies and the TV shows and stuff that we watch, which we haven't really been able to talk about because we've been standing in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA uh, and the writers you know, that, that have been striking for several months now. It was back in May. I think it started for the writers, and then in July is when the actors jumped in, right? Uh, so the first of all, you know, a week or two ago, we ended up talking about how Drew Barrymore decided that she was going to bring her show back, right? And so I think the premise that she was basing the return of her show is that she wasn't going to use her writers, but she was going to rely on the fact that she presents things as news because, you know, she's got a desk that she can sit behind. So I guess that's newsworthy. And because of that, there was huge backlash, Uh, to her announcing that she was bringing her show back. People were not happy. Like her own writers were picketing outside of the studio where she films her show. 
And it became a bigger deal when there were people in the audience that were like, this became a really big story because there was a couple of college students that had gone to watch Drew's show live and they didn't know that the strike was happening. They didn't know that they were picketing, but some of the the union reps were like, hey, you know what? We know that you're here visiting out of state. If you want to go in and watch it, that's on you, whatever. But, you know, here are these pins to show that you stand in solidarity with the strike. So they walked in, they sat down, and someone on Drew's show uh, ejected them from the building because of the buttons that they were wearing in solidarity you know, with the writer's Mm. strike. And so they went outside and instead of, you know, taking it off and going back in and sitting in the audience, they started picketing along with the union reps. (laughs) So (laughs) that became a huge story. Drew Barrymore got a ton of backlash, uh, more than some of the other shows that were also considering coming back like i know the talk and bill maher and i believe wendy williams and a couple of other talk shows were considering doing the same thing but ultimately drew barrymore decided i'm not doing this i'm 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 not bringing the show back i you know sorry i messed up and long story short the theory that's going around at this point and i want to get your feedback to see how plausible you think this is but you know the strikes have been going on like i said for months right there was a lot of back and forth between the studios not wanting to give the writers or the actors really what they wanted and so drew barrymore brings back a show and that was right around when one of the negotiations was rejected like something was presented by by the union reps and the amptp was like yeah we're not we're not going for this And so Drew brings her show back, backlash happens, and now the theory is that because she backtracked and said, I'm not bringing it back, that kind of showed the AMPTP that maybe they can't do this, that maybe they actually do need the writers and the actors. And so that was kind of the reason why they finally decided to negotiate, right? And so before I I get your thoughts on that particular piece, The news this week was that after five days of negotiation, the writer's strike is coming to an end because they were able to reach a a deal, a tentative deal, essentially, which I'll tell you more about in a moment. Uh, But like I said, the theory is that it was Drew Barrymore failing to bring her show back that that basically told the studios, oh, damn, people aren't going to go for this anymore. Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess with anyone's money and they need to make money because I'm sure they're bleeding it right now. I guess it would be like a blessing in disguise kind of, you know, kind of thing. Um, Good on her for saying that she messed up. It was not a smart move. I like how the reaction of everybody, even the public, played a part because, again, the consumers, they're going to need people to watch their shows. They need all of that. I'm kind of glad it bit them in the butt. Like, they needed that. I don't know. We don't know if there was pressure, that they were already feeling the pressure beforehand. Um, But if she played a part, then all right, cool. She played a part. Still doesn't excuse the fact that she was ready to just, you know, go over the line and do her own thing when you shouldn't be. You should be standing with everybody else. 
So this is where it's like to be a fly on the wall just to know how they were feeling. Like, I mean, sounds plausible, but, you know, something good came out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I guess it's not the uh, what what is it? It's not the uh, the intent. It's the result or something, you know, at at the end of the day, if if this helped uh, resolve things or, you know, make somebody change, uh, you know, them go back to the negotiation table, then net positive. But in the moment, you know, it's, she definitely was doing something not kosher and it was, you know, very not cool of her. Plus the other people that were doing the same thing. But at the end of the day, you know, she decided to do what was right. And then we got what we got. So I say we, like I'm, I'm a WGA <laughs> member. I am not in any, any way, shape or form. Uh, but uh, I'm very happy for, for the folks that uh, were able to get a deal and they, you know, can start back working. Um, you know, hopefully uh the actors will have a swift negotiation and everybody will be back to doing what they're doing at least when it comes to film and television yeah so here's everything that happened so like i said uh there was about five days of negotiation that started last sunday and we finally got the announcement that yesterday uh from the WGA that they reached a tentative, what they're calling a, a minimum basic agreement with the AMPTP, which essentially is ending this historic writer strike, which uh, is a hundred and it was almost 150 days, like 148, 149 days or something like that, which was the second longest ever in history. Uh, and so the, as part of the negotiation, it's a three-year contract that they negotiated. And the union leaders were quoted as saying that this was exceptional with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of the membership. Uh, there is a website where you can get a summary of all of the key points of the actual contract. You can go to WGAContract2023.org and you can see the summary of it there. But one of the biggest gains that's going to be happening for the writers is that over the course of the three-year contract, they're going to start with an immediate 5% raise. The second year, they're going to get a 4% raise. And the third year, they're going to get a 3.5% raise. Forbes had like this really good bullet point list of the key facts about the, the right to strike ending. The leadership of WGA West and East unanimously voted to end the strike this past Wednesday, which is the day we're actually recording this episode. And they're allowing the writers to return to work, which is big, right? Because essentially the contract hasn't been like ratified. It's not like fully through. It's still kind of in the tentative state. Like lawyers have to go through it and they still have to, you know, prove it and they, everything has to get signed, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, all that sort of stuff. Well, and the membership but still has to vote. And the members, yeah, still have to vote, right? So the vote is going to happen between October 2nd and the 9th by the union members. So until that vote passes, it's still not official, right? It's still kind of right. up in the air and things can still go wrong. 
So for just a couple more weeks, uh, you know, we're going to be holding on to the strike, essentially, although some people are returning back to work. But uh, the other thing is the writers were pushing for streaming residuals and protections against the threat of AI in the film industry. Uh, They got some protection against that, but it will allow writers to choose to use AI to aid the writing if they receive consent from the studios. The studios won't be able to use AI to replace a writer, but the writers will be able to use AI to help supplement their writing for the studios. So the writers are essentially in control of the AI when it comes to that. Interesting. Uh, As far as the actors are concerned, SAG-AFTRA is technically still on strike. They go to the negotiation table with the AMPTP on October 2nd, so the Monday after this episode releases. And we're hoping, crossing our fingers, that you know, they have a fairly speedy negotiation as well. You know, the, the writers got about five days to to negotiate this new three-year term. We hope that it goes well for the actors, for sag After as well, because, listen, there's a ton of stuff that we've been wanting to talk about that we just haven't because, you know, we've been standing in solidarity with the unions as they strike for better pay, uh, better protections, and uh, just essentially having the ability to live a better life for the mm-hmm. work that yeah. they're doing, right? So we're pretty excited. We're really hopeful that everything will be coming to an end once some negotiations happen. If everything seems well, then I'm sure that we'll get an announcement from SAG-AFTRA saying that we're good to go on everything and then we'll be able to talk about all the stuff we've been wanting to talk about. So that's where we are with the strike. Uh, Again, we're super hopeful and we'll keep you up to date with anything that happens uh, and any announcements that happen to come up over the next few weeks regarding the hopefully not continuation of, but the ending of both strikes and uh, moving forward. So, uh, hey, uh, I did forget to mention this earlier, and I didn't. I don't know if I got a chance to post this on Discord, but uh, you know they got rid of Rogers the Musical at mm-hmm. the Hyperion, but it will live on on Spotify because yes. we got an announcement that uh, Rogers the Musical is getting a full album release with the original cast. Oh, nice. Not just getting. It's already here. <laughs> oh, it's right. It's already out, right? Yeah, it's already out. I listened to it. Uh, I think the day it came out, we were headed down to Disneyland, and I listened to the whole album a couple times just to, just to remember. Well, that's cool. I mean, some of us who couldn't go, I get to hear it. So, yes, that's awesome. And all its clarity and... You get to hear some of the weird stuff that I thought was weird. Like, oh, I'll be listening uh, for that. <laughs> weird lip sync man. Like, it's not as weird in the recording because there's also not a weird guy lip syncing just to be like, hey there, toots, or whatever he says. I don't remember, but it was <laughs> some weird spots. It's funny. So, yeah, the album is 12 songs. It is approximately half an hour long, which is the length of the show. Uh, and uh, uh, we'll put a link up. 
in our Instagram stories in case you want to link to it and uh, make it a part of your favorites. And we'll post a link over on Discord as well. But I thought that was pretty cool that they released the entire album. Because we can save the city, help us win. Save us all from the state we're in. I don't remember the words to the rest of the song. <laughs> I was going to say, at least you remember the all the lyrics. To the stuff. And the fantasy say, and Avengers Unite. And I can do this all day. That's okay. I have to try to get to that part. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that's a pretty good place for us to start winding down the episode. And the way that we've been doing that uh, to help celebrate the 100 years of wonder from the Disney company is with our own tribute segment called Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, where the great Mr. Andrew provides us some facts about a couple of years within the Disney company's history. So, of course, Mr. Andrew take it away it's always you know nice you know at least once a week getting called great it's kind of nice i mean i know i came up with the name but you know you have to say it so uh you know i gotta get be called great every every week it's kind of nice but you are oh stop i don't have to say anything that i don't believe oh and if i didn't believe it i wouldn't say it all right anyway the years this week are 1999 and the year 2000. I'm going to do that probably like five more times, uh, just so you know, all oh, you Conan fans I want to join there, in. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, we're starting with uh, 1999. We're going to party like it's 1999 uh, with Prince. Anyway, for video games in 1999, um, Nintendo of America and Disney Interactive announced a 13-title deal for Nintendo to publish a series of Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color games using Disney characters. Uh, the releases this year uh, are Magical Tetris Challenge, Winnie the Pooh, Animated Storybook Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, Tarzan Activity Center, Tarzan Action Game, Disney's Villains Revenge, Winnie the Pooh Toddler, My Disney Kitchen, and Typing with Timon and Pumbaa, Beauty and the Beast, a board game adventure, Mickey's Racing Adventure, and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh, for theme parks in 1999, on January 9th, Hor the Horizons Pavilion at Epcot closes. On January 15th, the first unit of Disney's All-Star Movies Resort opens. On January 24th, the Walt Disney World Speedway hosts the Indy 200 race. On March 9th, the Swiss Family Treehouse closes at Disneyland. Also in March, the Radio Disney Broadcast booth opens in Tomorrowland at Disneyland. On March 17th, Test Track opens in Future World at Epcot. On April 2nd, the Sounds Dangerous show opens at the ABC Sound Studio in Disney MGM Studios. On April 8th, Discovery Island at Walt Disney World closes. On June 4th, the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh attraction opens in Fantasyland at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, this is uh, Paul Winchell's last time voicing Tigger. On June 14th, the fifth and final Disneyland marquee is removed to make way for the Disneyland Resort expansion. On June 19th, Tarzan's Treehouse opens at Disneyland. Hey, I just want to take us... You know, they've been doing that Treehouse renovation. 
they sure did things a lot yeah. quicker in the past. Uh, Swiss Family Treehouse closed on March 9th, and and Tarzan's Treehouse opened June 19th. So I'm just going to put that out there, uh, and then I'm going to keep going. On June 20th, the 20th Century Music Company opens on Main Street at Disneyland. Uh, also, a new land, Asia, opens at Animal Kingdom. Attractions include Cali River Rapids and the Mirage Jungle Trek. This is the first expansion for Animal Kingdom. On July 29th, Rock and Roller Coaster opens at Disney MGM Studios. In September, Autopia at Disneyland closes for remodeling. On October 1st, the Walt Disney World Millennium Celebration begins, which will run for 15 months. Along with the Millennium Celebration, Disney Pin Trading is launched. The Tapestry of Nations Parade premieres at Epcot. The Imagination Pavilion opens in Epcot. It is presented by Kodak, which includes the Journey Into Your Imagination attraction. On November 2nd, uh, Chief Executive Tung Chi Hua of the Hong Kong International Theme Parks Company formally announces that an agreement has been reached with the Walt Disney Company on building a Disneyland park in Hong Kong. Hong Kong Disneyland will be 299 acres in size, uh, built on Liantu Island. Building costs are estimated at $3.6 billion. The Walt Disney Company will invest $316 million for a 43% share of ownership of the Hong Kong International Theme Parks Company and will receive royalties and management fees. The Hong Kong government will pay $1.7 billion for land, road, and infrastructure development and will lend $718 million to the park. The park is scheduled to open in 2005. Uh, and in November, or on November 19th, Disneyland begins offering Fast Pass service, first for It's a Small World, then later Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, Fast Pass, not Roger Rabbit. No. <laughs> I was like, RIP, my brain short-circuited for, yes, I, I'm so sad about it. Uh, it only lasted uh, like 20-something, 20, 20, 20 years. Other notable events of 1999, uh, Disney and InfoSeek formally launched the Go Network, Go.com, Internet Web Portal. The portal combines the content from Disney-owned websites, including ABC News, ESPN, Family.com, and Mr. Showbiz. Uh, Bob Iger issues a memo saying ABC headquarters will be moved from New York to Burbank. Disney relaunches its website, Disney.go.com. Now with 12 main areas, Disney's Daily Blast has been renamed Disney's Club Blast. Uh, Disney completes the 100% purchase of the Anaheim Angels baseball team. A Disney Quest opens in Chicago. The Hunchback of Notre Dame musical premieres in Berlin. The maiden voyage of the Disney Wonder cruise ship takes place. Disney makes a controlling investment of $50 million in ToySmart.com. Disney closes all five of its Club Disney sites in the U.S. And Aida the Musical opens at the Palace Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Previously ran as Elaborate Lives, The Legend of Aida. The Disney Legends class of 1999. We have Tim Allen. Mary Costa, uh, 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 Norm, uh, uh. <laughs> Norm Ferguson, Bill Garrity, Yale Gracie, Al Con. Oh, I'm going to screw this up. Al Conitizny. I'm sorry, Al. Uh, Hamilton uh, Luske, Dick Nunes, and Charles Ridgway. 
the birthdays for January 1st, I again had to have my, uh, or the birthdays for 1999, I had to have my wife help me again with these ones because I didn't recognize any of these. I don't remember. Anyway, January 1st, Diamond White. January 18th, Karan Brar. April 2nd, Sophie Reynolds. May 11th, Sabrina Carpenter. May 28th, Cameron Boyce. May 30th, Sean Giabroni. Gambroni. It's the guy from the Goldbergs. Uh, July 30th, Joey King. And October 15th, Bailey Madison. And notable deaths of 1999, we have Betty Lou Gearson, Candy Candito, and Madeline Kahn. I recognize uh, that- some of those names. Betty Candito or Candy Candito or the the birthday people. The birthday people. Uh, Karan and Cameron were both on Jesse. And Cameron, uh, before he passed, went on to do Descendants. Yeah, but here's the thing. I didn't watch any of that stuff. Oh. So I'm I'm out of the loop. Gotcha. There's a couple others in there that I recognize as well, but... Sorry. Apparently, continue. Sabrina Carpenter is like a very famous person that I've never heard of in my entire she life. She was on Girl Meets World with uh, with Rowan and underpants and underpants. I don't know. I don't keep in with the loop. I don't know anybody that's twenty three years old, uh, apparently, or twenty four years old. Except for the guy from the Goldbergs is the only I didn't recognize his name. I had to look it up, and I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from the Goldbergs." Barry. No, the uh, the Adam, who was also like, he was in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like a voice, yeah. Anyway, the guy at the glass. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the year 2000. In the year 2000. Melissa, did you watch Conan? Yes. That, you, why do you think okay. I laughed? <laughs> okay, I was hoping you knew what we're talking about. Anyway, yeah. so uh conan is great anyway for video games in the year 2000 we have there's way too many uh there's a lot uh i'm gonna go through these really quick way the pooh and the blustery day activity center tigger's family tree 3d adventure walt disney world quest magical racing tour winnie the pooh adventures in the hundred acre wood buzz lightyear's first grade and buzz lightyear second grade for pc mickey mouse toddler for pc the little mermaid 2 return to the sea the little mermaid 2 pinball frenzy tigger's honey hunt alice and wonderland mickey saves the day 3d adventure donald duck going quackers aladdin for game boy color 102 dalmatians puppies to the rescue mickey speedway usa for nintendo 64 102 dalmatians puppy to the rescue for pc 102 dalmatians activity center for pc pop and mickey mouse tunes for game boy color dinosaur for sega dance dance revolution disney dance and museum for nintendo 64 dance dance revolution disney mix Woo! disney's aladdin and narceria's revenge Mickey Speedway USA, Doug's Big Game, The Lion King, Simba's Mighty Adventure, The Lion King, Simba's Mighty Adventure for Game Boy. Uh, okay, those are all video games released for 2000. Uh, for theme parks in the year 2000. In the year uh, Walt 2000. Dis- yes. In the year 2000. <laughs> it's the only time we get to do this. <laughs> it's never, we can't do it in the year 2001. It's going to be boring. It doesn't work. So for the year 2000, theme parks, uh, Walt Disney World, I'm in my speed talking mode, so I can slow it down. There's not a ton. 
Um, Walt Disney World raises entrance ticket prices by $2 to $46 per day for adults and $37 for children. On April 1st in Disneyland Paris, the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the uh, and the Temple of Peril backwards opens. Also the same day in Disneyland Paris, the Tarzan Encounter musical stage show debuts. Also in April, Disneyland begins its pin trading program. On April 29th, Michael J. Fox adds his handprints to the collection at the Disney MGM Studios at Walt Disney World. On June 29th, the new Autopia, sponsored by Chevron, opens in Disneyland. It incorporates area formerly occupied by both previous Autopias. On September 1st, the Pooh's Honey Hunt ride opens in Tokyo Disneyland. Also, the Magic Carpets of Aladdin opens in Adventureland at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, other notable events of the year 2000, Disney announces that Joe Roth is stepping down as chairman of Walt Disney Studios to be replaced by Peter Schneider. Uh, Disney announces the appointment of Robert Iger as new president and chief operating officer of Disney. He is the uh, second in command under Michael Eisner. The fifth ESPN zone opens in Washington, D.C. The musical Aida opens at the Palace Theater on Broadway in New York City. On May 1st at midnight, Time Warner shuts off all Disney-owned channels from its cable systems, affecting 3.5 million viewers. The two companies are negotiating Time Warner's carrying of Disney channels. At 3.21 p.m., the channels are back online. Eventually, a new distribution deal is, is signed worth $3 billion to Disney. Later, the FCC rules that Time Warner illegally removed Disney channels from its cable systems. Uh, the number of Disney stores peaks at 742 worldwide. Disney announces multi-year licensing packs with Hasbro and Mattel. Hasbro will create toys based on new Disney films and television shows. I said that weird television shows anyway, uh, and will be the best, uh, be the official toy maker of the theme parks. Mattel will make preschool toys based on classic Disney characters. Disney auctions the original Disneyland sign on eBay, selling it for $30,700. In New York City, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is held. A new Mickey Mouse balloon debuts wearing a Mouseketeer band leader outfit and carrying a baton. The balloon is 66 feet long, 40 feet high, and 35 feet wide. The Disney Legends class for the year 2000 are Grace Bailey, Harriet Burns, Joyce Carlson, Ron Dominguez, Cliff Edwards, Becky Fallberg, Dick Jones, Dodie Roberts, Retta Scott, and Ruthie Thompson. The birthdays for the year 2000, we have January 8th, Noah Cyrus, February 10th, Yara Shahidi, uh, March 27th, Halle Bailey, July 25th, Meg Donnelly, September 28th, Frankie Jonas, and November 22nd, Ali Cravalho. Uh, notable deaths of the year 2000. We have January 12th, Mark Davis. February 10th, Jim Varney. June 24th, David Tomlinson. July 20th, Ivan Earl. August 5th, Alec Guinness. And August 26th, Carl Barks. Uh, so that has been uh, great moments with me, Mr. Andrew, for the years 1999 and the year. 2000 the year 2000 in the year 2000 something something funny joke that uh, andy richter would say i mean we have we can have flashlights but it's not going to do any good since this is an audio podcast but... yeah just imagine that we're holding flashlights and it's dark yeah 
<laughs> just imagine that in your head every time we say the year two thousand. I should have did the whole. I should have did the whole thing like this. Read the Nobody entire. Can see it, but I'm doing my head. We can see it. Nobody but... can see it. Yeah, you can see it. <laughs> That's fine. It reads. It's on audio. It reads. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about, listeners. You know what I'm doing. You're doing the spookies flashlight up to your face. Spooky. Now tell us a spooky story. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, too scary, too scary, a wood. No, don't. A little bear named Winnie the Pooh went off on the search for honey. That is scary. There's a heffalumps in that story. There is. I think we should end the episode before the heffalumps come for us. Okay. Mel, before we wrap up, tell everyone about the event that you're going to be a part of, how they can find information, and all that good stuff. Sure. November 5th. Mark your calendars if you haven't already. Um... Set an alarm, whatever you have to do. There's going to be an event that I will be there, and it is called the Magic, excuse me, the Isle of Magic Marketplace. I'm just so excited that I just flubbed that. So, (laughs) (laughs) yay. Um, See, yes, 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 yes. Um, The Isle of Magic Marketplace. Follow them on Instagram. Um, RSVP your ticket, your free ticket. They've just released a new flyer, and there's going to be so much more that's just added. We currently will have, I believe, a few opportunities to ro- win a couple of things. Um, there's going to be face painting. There's going to be, um, let's see if I can pronounce this, character caricatures. Ooh, I can never pronounce that right. <laughs> caricatures. Yes, thank you. <laughs> or they draw you like a cartoon. Yes. That That'll be there. I mean, there's more being added. There's going to be more to be announced i cannot say a little i can't say anymore but um you guys will hear of course so yeah join me november 5th from 3 to 8 and get your ticket right on uh also if you are looking for any common links that we generally talk about you can find those over at podcasters.com slash links there you'll find um a link to our latest episode, a link to the Quizneyland playlist, uh, links to stuff like our Discord. If you're not part of the community, we'd love to have you there. FGP Squad link, uh, information on anything that we're fundraising for will usually appear on that page. There's a link to our YouTube channel. There's a link to Larry's YouTube channel, Goofy Guys Adventures. If you are not following, that is the best way to uh, link to his page. Easy access. And that's it. That is going to wrap it up for this week. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcateers Network.